E-S-N-Y. episode of the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast, an Elite Sports NY production recording on the evening of March 25th. It's a third, it's a Thursday. The trade deadline came and went a little past seven o'clock here. Nick's about to start rolling as always with my co-host Chip Murphy. Chip, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, not great, man. Yeah, was really hoping for a more eventful trade deadline for the Knicks. Uh, fully vaccinated, fortunately, today. So feeling feeling good about that. Arm feels a little weird, but whatever. I'm not too worried about that. The first one was okay. But as far as the Knicks go, man, I was really hoping for a more eventful day. Yet look, I realize that nothing no move is no moves are better than dumb moves. That I get that. But I was hoping they'd do something. Yeah, obviously. Me and you were just talking about it. I really wanted them to get Evan Fournier. You know, I I, I wasn't alone. I think there was a, a big Evan Fournier, or maybe not a big Evan Fournier movement, but I think there were more people coming on to the Evan Fournier bandwagon recently. And I've wanted the guy on a team since like 2015. I've really been standing for the guy. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And I was disappointed, especially when I saw not just that he went to the Celtics, but that they only had to give up two seconds to get him. And I know some people may think like, oh, that's still too big a price for Evan Fournier. Like, oh, he might just be a rental. I don't want to pay him. Like, I get that. I get all that. I get he's flawed. Yeah, he's definitely a flawed player. He's not perfect. But I just, look, I wrote about it and I said, one of the main attractions for him is that he would have just been so perfect with RJ and Mitch. And not just because he stretches the floor for those guys, but because he doesn't need the ball in his hands. You know, he he's just a low maintenance, low usage player. And God, he just, I, I feel like they missed the boat with him. And look, I'm not losing sleep over it or anything. Like I'm not, I'm not going to act like I'm completely irrational over this, but I feel like he would have been a really good pickup for them. And it would have been at a low cost, in my opinion, two second round picks. And I just feel like it was a missed opportunity. And look, Leon Rose has done an excellent job so far. So it's, it's hard to criticize him, but man, I, I really was hoping they do something. Yeah. And Fournier was obviously my best hope. I guess the, the best thing you can say about the trade deadline for the Knicks is that they didn't get Andre Drummond Yeah, and cross your fingers. He hasn't signed with the Lakers or Nets yet. So hopefully he does do that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I was hoping they got Fournier. I was hoping they did something. I was a Lonzo fan too, Yeah, but yeah, a l- little bit of a disappointing, boring trade deadline day as I'm watching Jonathan Macri and Jeremy Cohen on my on my Knicks YouTube stream waiting for their reaction to something Knicks related and it just never came. It was kind of disappointing. You know, I it, ah, hope, hoped for more 
but I'm not like totally pissed off or anything because you know, it's not like I, I trust this front office and the team is 500. So I get why they didn't make some big move or anything, but like I said, I'm a fan of Fournier. I'm a fan of his game. Would have liked to have had him on the team. That's the bias fan in me. I'll fully admit that. Just want to have him Fournier on this team because I like him. I almost feel like it, the 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 reaction that Knicks fans have to this trade deadline is similar to like when you're a kid, right? And, you know, every kid every now and then sneaks into their parents' room around Christmas time tries to maybe find some of the presents that, you know, could be under the tree. And let's say you find one, right? And maybe you, you peel back a little bit of the wrapping paper. You can't tear all of it off because you're going to get caught. And you find a, a present that you're kind of like, eh, like wasn't really high on my list, wasn't really looking for that. But you're kind of like, okay, you know, but I still trust my parents. Like I'm still going to get that PS4. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still going to get that, you know, whatever it was. Um, I feel like that's kind of how Knicks fans feel a little bit. And honestly, Chip, I agree with you. I, I think if you're a Knicks fan and if you're a Magic fan, you kind of have a right to be a little bit disappointed. And for the Knicks, I feel, you know, again, like you said, no bad move is also a good move because historically we've made a lot of bad moves. But when you do see that Fournier goes to the Celtics for two second rounders, And even in my head, when I saw the deal, the first thing that went through my mind was, wait, why didn't we get that? And, and I, and if anyone told you, oh, that's too high of an asking price, I think that's ridiculous. I think, I think Fournier is a really efficient scorer and I couldn't agree with you more with his fit with RJ, some of our other guards, even if he came off the bench and even if he was a rental for two seconds, I would still do it. The only way in my head I could rationalize Leon not pulling the trigger on that is maybe, maybe the magic said, well, we want your Detroit second rounder. And maybe Leon was like, well, I'm not, I'm not giving that up. You know, like you have to take two other seconds or something like that. And maybe who knows, maybe they balked at that. And Leon was like, well, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But you know, it's, it's an interesting deal. I personally feel and I know Jeff Teague was included in the, in the deal and he's going to be bought out. But I personally feel that the Magic um, didn't really get his market value for this trade. Not even close. No, I, I and you know, like, and, and maybe I'm being too generous there. I, I don't think, I think they didn't really do a great job with this. Now for the Celtics, they used um, a good portion of their trade exception to bring him on. They have about a million, 11 million left which they can use in the off season. I think Fournier slots really nicely into a bench score role for the Celtics and, and they're struggling so they can use a little bit of a boost. And I think he's really going to help them there, but I'm, I'm with you, man. I was very surprised that um, the Knicks weren't a little bit more aggressive in, in this area um, just because I do think Evan Fournier is, is a good player. And I think, even if you want a chance to sign him in the off season, like you could do a lot worse than having, you know, Evan Fournier in, in, um, in your camp. And he was even talking about it. I, I saw 
you know, in one of maybe the post-game conferences, I forget whether it was from like a game ago or two games ago, but like, you know, he's, he's been with the Magic for seven years and, you know, he proved himself. Like he really improved. And again, you know, I, we've talked about this before, but, you know, when you have, he's definitely improved under, under defense. I don't know, Chip, why I'm like blanking on the, the name of the magic coach right now. Um, Clifford. Yeah. Steve Clifford. Yes. So, you know, that Clifford is not going to play you if you're a sieve on defense, if you're just a turnstile. So clearly he's improved in that area and, you know, he's, he's been a really good player for them. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I think if you're, like I said, that that's kind of the way I want to summarize my thoughts on the Fournier deal. If you're a Knicks fan and if you're a Magic fan, I feel like you have a right to be upset about this. I just don't think the Magic get what they should have got for him. And I do believe seeing that he went for two seconds, I do think the Knicks should have been a little bit more aggressive in bringing on a guy who who honestly, and, and I know there's some people who disagree with this, but I think he cements us as a playoff team this year. Um, he he does. Yeah. He's averaging 19 points a game, two and a half made threes on 38% shooting from three. And the Knicks got a first last year from uh, the Clippers for Marcus Morris. So look, maybe it says a lot about how much better this year's draft is that Boston was like, no, we're not giving that away. But even if you're Orlando, how do you not get a player from Boston? Would Instead of a second round pick, I'd much rather get a player like a a Peyton Pritchard or Aaron Nesmith, someone like that. I just don't going away from the Knicks perspective for uh, for a minute. Like if you're Orlando, why the second round pick instead of Aaron Nesmith, a player that you've seen or maybe I guess maybe they don't like him. But God, Peyton Pritchard is a lights out shooter. Right. I, I just don't see how Aaron Fournier has been so good the last two years. And you, you come out of that with two second round picks. What right. are the odds those guys do anything on your team? Yeah. What are the I just I, I don't get it. And well, think, think about it this way, too. And listen, I'm not I'm not completely comparing. And I know we'll get into this a little bit later, but I'm not completely comparing Norman Powell to Evan Fournier. But, you know, Powell's had really good numbers this year. And I think Fournier has really good numbers this year, too. And if I'm the magic, like you just said, I'm getting back a player that's playing well this year. And the, the, and the Raptors got a player in Gary Trent, who is two players. Yeah. Pretty solid. Exactly. Hood is solid. And Gary Trent is a young kid that shot the lights out in the bubble and that continued to play well this year. So if you're the magic and you're only getting two picks for, for that guy, they just don't want to pay anybody. It is what it looked like to me. They, that was just like a mandate from ownership is what it looked like. We don't want to pay anybody. Go get picks instead. I, maybe that's it, man, because, you know, it does strike me as a little odd that this is your, you know, part of your haul for three players that were essentially your core for whatever, four or five seasons. Like, that's just a little crazy to me. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you what. Wendell Carter Jr. better be good yeah. or else, or else this is a shit show. Yeah. 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 Um, and let's keep it with the magic. I know we, we, we definitely wanted to touch on the three deals they made. One that was super interesting to me was the Aaron Gordon deal. This was actually a deal until I found out about what year the first round draft pick was. 
I actually thought it was good for both teams because initially you get Aaron Gordon and you're sending him to the Nuggets for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and what's going to be a 2025 first round pick. So again, I, I, I initially thought this was pretty good for both teams. I clearly think the Nuggets come out better with, you know, the best player in this deal. I think it's a little, it's a tough pill for the magic to swallow because that pick is so far away in the future. Now, if you want, if you want to say, you know, technically Jokic's deal, I think is through the 2023 season. And then um, Murray is signed through 2025. So if you want to say that, listen, I think Jokic will be a, a nugget for life unless. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think this is the best of the three deals that they did actually. Right. Yeah. No, I, and I agree too, but I'm just saying, if you want it, if from the magic, if you want to maybe try and see it even more positive than we are, you could say to yourself, well, if, you know, if craziness strikes and Jokic is not on the team in 2025, this pick could be really valuable, you know, for potentially, right. I don't think it will. I think the nuggets are going to continue to be a pretty good team with this young core that they have. But here's the interesting thing to me. So the Nuggets get a really talented, versatile big who can shoot and defend. Shooting 43% from the field this year, 37% from three. But I am interested to see how this factors long-term. Because Jokic and Murray are already on long-term deals. From what I've heard, at least, they intend to pay Michael Porter Jr. as well. Now, in the short term, this, this deal actually saves them money. Because Gary Harris was making about, I believe, 19 this year, and he's going he's gonna to make 20 yeah. mil next year. So Gordon is making 18 this year and 16 next year. And they're off RJ Hampton's money, which is not a lot. He's on his rookie deal, but that's future money that they don't have to spend, right? But you're going to have to make a decision whether you want, you know, how they're, they're already over the cap because the cap is 109 this year. They're at 123. And, you know, I was just looking at a tweet earlier for some team that was not hard cap, but over the cap, you know, the, 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 when you, when you reach luxury cap threshold, basically the fine or whatever, it, it doubles when you're a repeat offender in terms of like being over it. So if you, if you decide to pay Gordon and obviously you're going to pay Jokic, Murray's already there and you want to pay Michael Porter Jr. for this somewhat small market team, it's going to be interesting to see how they make that work. Now, if you're kind of like, well, Jeff, I'd rather deal with that problem when it comes up and, and just continue to try and peck away at the Lakers, that's fine. And you can also move Gordon if you really, really want to. Like his deal is not bad at all, but it, it is going to be interesting for them long-term to see how they make that fit. Chip, what did you think about that? Yeah, deal, uh, Gordon's deal is really good. And yeah. playing alongside Jokic and Murray, his numbers are going to start to look better. So it'll be even easier to move maybe next year towards this same time of the year. So I agree with you on Gordon there. No, I, I think this is a good deal for both sides. And I don't know. I feel like RJ Hampton is still an enigma. So we don't really know too much about him. I think if he was a stud like say you know mpj or obviously denver still sees something in bowl bowl i feel like they wouldn't have let him go but you know you mentioned the 2025 pick i i think that could end up being the 
best asset out of all these players. I do like Gary ha- Gary Harris. Oh yeah. Uh, it's just Richard Jefferson was talking about this on the jump uh, today about the trade. The guy's just always hurt. Yeah. So Denver really had no choice. I mean, you can't count on him in a playoff series when the guy's always banged up. When he's healthy, he can really defend. But guys hurt all the time. So best available, best availabilities. Best ability is availability. Jesus, it's hard to get that one out. No, I I love the trade for both sides. I think, you know, the most important thing is it it moves Millsap to the bench. And then you have Millsap coming off the bench is really strong. And it gives you back some of that depth that you had when you had Jeremy Grant on the team that now you didn't really have too much of it. And you also, you bring in JaVale McGee and you have a really, really good backup center to come in who's, the antithesis of uh, Nikola Jokic. It's man, Denver got really good today. They did, and really good. And look, I'm not. I would never in a million years bet against LeBron James because when those two guys come back healthy, they're the favorite, of course. Right. But I feel like Denver made this trade because they feel like they can compete for a championship this year. Yeah. And, you know, they traded that 2025 first because they were like, look, we got the MVP favorite right now. We're going all in. The Lakers are banged up. We're taking our shot. We're going to try and get the one seed right now while the Lakers can't get it. And we're going for it. And I don't blame them. Yeah, let's I mean, this is going to be interesting down the stretch, man. It definitely is, man. And, and, um, you know, it's it will I guess we'll we'll touch on this, too, in the the next deal. But um Ah, the Magic Love Reclamation Projects, right? So, I mean, they they brought back um, Fultz to life, and who knows? Maybe they can do the same thing with Wendell Carter Jr. I think it's going to be so interesting uh, how they play him in Bamba, who's going to get minutes. You know, it's going to be interesting. But that – so I bring maybe up – They like Reclamation Projects so much. Maybe they could uh, use it. Maybe they don't need a reclamation project. They could just play their own guy, play Mo Bamba. Yeah. yeah. Listen, that's <laughs> sorry. I very, just, very just play your own very, fucking guy. Very, very <laughs> fair. Very fair. Um, so the last magic deal, and it's probably the biggest one. Um, we heard reports all week that, you know, Nikola Vucevic was kind of off the table. Like he was, they were receiving calls about him and they're taking calls, but it was going to take, you know, we heard the words monster deal in order. to. Uh, I heard Drew Holiday package at right. one point. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it was interesting what ended up happening. The The Bulls make a huge swing with their new front office and they bring in Vucevic. They also bring in Al Farouk Aminu for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr. And two firsts, which are the 2021 first and 2023 first. Um I mean, listen, man, I like this deal for Chicago. I know a lot of people like this deal for Chicago. I know Vooch is 30, um, but I think he fits their timeline. I think this is a sign for Zach Levine, who's going to be a free agent, I think, after next season, um, that the Bulls don't want to spend his prime years rebuilding. Vooch is one of four players averaging 24 and 10. Um, You know, listen, I, I think for the Bulls who still need a point guard, what I've heard is that this may take them out of the running for Lonzo in the summer, but they make a big, big stand and, and definitely uh, a big move for their franchise going forward. Chip, how did you, how did you see this one? 
I hope this takes them out of the running for Lonzo, but I don't know about that. I think this may make them may give them even more incentive to sign Lonzo. No, I think Orlando didn't get enough for Vooch. I I mean I don't I, I watch Wendell Carter at Duke and I just don't see him being a, a suitable replacement for an all-star center. So I don't know about that. And Otto Porter Jr., I'm not sure if he'll ever even suit up for Orlando. I don't know what the plan is there. But hey, like with uh Fournier, you know, with those picks, and this time it's a first round pick. Look, you better get a good player with those first round picks. You're putting you're just putting so much pressure on yourself to draft a good player there. I just don't get it. And but look, as far as the Chicago end of things, man, what a fucking home run. I mean, you get an all-star, a two-time all-star big man in Vooch. And what'd you give up? A guy in Wendell Carter Jr. who, I mean, he was just a guy on your team and a guy in Porter who who barely ever played. So, yeah, you're going all in here. Yeah, you're trying to make the – you have you should go all in. Zach Levine is really, really – what's he averaging, like 28 a game? Yep. This, this is a great trade, and Vooch is a great fit with pretty much any guard in the league. He's such a great pick-and-pop player. So, look, if you get them – uh, if you get Levine and Vooch, a legit point guard in the offseason, look, no disrespect to Tomas Sadoransky, Thomas Sadoransky, it, it's – but you get those guys, I can't think of any free agent – oh, shit, I, I I don't know if Mike Conley is another name that might come in there, but if you get them Mike Conley or Lonzo Ball, someone like that, yeah, and that's a serious team, yeah. serious team in the East. So, yeah, they're they're really interesting. And I mean, definite playoff team. Vooch and, and uh, Levine are a playoff team in the East, without a doubt. And they're going to be fun to watch, by the way. They're going to put up a shit ton of points. Not only that, uh, as a Knicks fan, I, I was a little bit worried about this deal because, you know, we're going to be jockeying for playoff positions with this team. And, and I do think that this is really, this is going to make them better. I, I mean, clearly. Oh my God, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm interested to see chemistry-wise how it works out. But, I, dude, I like that front line. A potential front line with Patrick Williams, um, you know, and, and Vooch in the future. You know what I mean? Uh, that's that's going to be very interesting. They get a point guard and things could really, really kind of fly for them. Um, we'll move on to our trade number four, another huge oh, Hold deal. on. One more. Yeah. Sorry, man. Just yeah, one yeah. more thing. Of course, it just it makes the Larry Markin such Markinen situation very interesting to me because him and Vooch, not exactly a great fit Two bigs who want to play on the perimeter offensively. So I, I feel like him going forward, probably not an option there. And he could be an intriguing option for the Knicks in the offseason. I don't know. We'll see. But it, I, I, I think the Vooch coming into Chicago may mean Lowry is on the way out there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But I, I'm definitely watching the Lowry situation there. I think that's a very fair assessment to make in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to another trade, a huge one that happened really, really late. Uh, Chip, I want to start with you on this one. The Houston Rockets trade Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and... I believe at first I thought it was a 2021 pick swap first round, but I think it's a 2022 first round pick swap, which makes this deal slightly, slightly, slightly better than just objectively horrible. But Chip, I want you to go. Don't first. give the Rockets any credit. Don't give the Rockets. I'm any not. Credit. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 
please. There's don't. any Rocket fan that listens to this pod, maybe I'm just desperately trying to uh, hold on to them for the next 15 seconds. <laughs> you've got to be absolutely just mortified with your front office. But Chip, you start with this one first. Well, you may want to turn it off because I'm going to tear your shitty franchise apart. Okay. <laughs> your franchise sucks. Your owner sucks. You're, you're not. No, I look. God, the, the Rockets, the Rockets make me feel good as a fan of a different team, man. Absolutely. They do that. I mean, God, I, yeah. They traded one of the greatest scores maybe in NBA history. And they wound up with what picks. You know, they could have had, I assume, Karis LeVert or Jared Allen. Yeah, and they let those. They, well, they could have had Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, the assumption is that Fertitta didn't want to do business with Daryl Morey. Who knows how much truth there is to that? That's all through reporting of Woj when we know who he's getting his sources from. But the. We do know that Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and Victor Oladipo were all in that trade, and none of them are on the Houston Rockets anymore. That's what we do know. And Victor Oladipo was on the Houston Rockets. Look, God, man, I'm just looking at Karis LeVert, and he just had he just played a really good game for the Pacers, and I'm like, man, I feel like they could have had Karis LeVert. I'm looking at Jared Allen, and he looks really fucking good on the Cavs, and I'm like, they could have had Jared Allen, and Christian Wood would have been – Really sweet backcourt going, uh, really sweet front court going forward. Like a nice young front court going forward for the long haul. And they were like, no, we're going to have Victor Oladipo because he's an expiring free agent and we're going to trade him at the deadline. So they knew they were going to do this. They knew they weren't signing Oladipo long term and they still came out of this with nothing because they're not, what are they going to do? Sign Avery Bradley? Of course not. He's not going to want to sign there. He wants to go win somewhere. They're not signing Kelly Olenek long-term. He's used to winning in Miami and Boston. He doesn't want to be there either. I mean, God, this, I can't believe this decline this fast with this franchise. Look, they clearly were always a shit show internally, but what a decline, man. Like they on the surface always appeared like this well-run franchise that everybody was like, you know, Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni, uh, Leslie Alexander was the owner at that time. And you were like, wow, that's, you know, one of the premier franchises in the NBA. And now Jesus, I can't even think of the GM's name off the top of my head. And poor Steven Silas, man. Cause he seems like such a good dude. And that asshole owner, it's like, God, I mean, they might be the franchise in the worst shape of anybody in the NBA, you know, cause the, I realized the thunder are trying to lose on purpose. At least they got Shagulis Alexander there. You know, they got those boatload of picks. It's like, God, I just, it, it's staggering to watch how inept that is. It's like, wow. Like I said at the beginning, like I said, it's, they make you feel good about being a fan of a different team. They do. I'm going to start with the heat on this one, just because I don't want to waste too many words on the <laughs> Rockets. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't even talk about the heat. I couldn't even uh, focus on a different avenue on no, it. No, don't even worry about it. Like, so for the heat at the very least, this is great because they have the inside track and in signing Oladipo. If he proves that he can stay healthy and the backcourt mix with um, Jimmy Butler fits. We also know that, they, they could have the inside track in, in signing LaMarcus Aldridge, too. Um, and, and here's the thing. If, if they don't want to re-sign Oladipo, they preserve cap space 
to go after someone if they see fit. And they give up literally nothing in this deal. Like Kelly Olynyk is not moving the needle, whether he's on that team or not. Neither is Avery Bradley. Yeah. Um, all I have to say about the Houston Rockets is that they better hope and pray that their scouting department is like next level on their shit, top notch. Because if they, if all, all they have are pick swaps and, and if they don't convert something with that, like this franchise is going to be in the gutter for like, <laughs> like five or seven years. I mean, if, Dude. if Dude, they've never done that though. All yep. their success with Maury came through free agency and trades. I mean, you're they right. never built through the draft. Yeah. I don't know if they got a whole new scouting department when he left, but I just have a hard time believing this is going to go well. Their scouting thing that you know, it's not OKC with Presty where they built through the draft before. It I just don't see it. I think it takes a lot to objectively assert yourself above or below, depending on how you want to characterize it. The Sacramento Kings in terms of shit show of a franchise, but man, the Rockets are really, really, if not there, um, really, really pushing the envelope, man, because this is just, they're going to be the laughing stock of the league uh, for quite some time. And then I remember seeing a report that John Wall and the Rockets are not discussing a buyout. I saw that. Yeah. And like, why was that even a, I don't even know. I don't even know. But if I'm John Wall, I'm like, shit, like, why not? Like, like, please. Yeah, maybe. Leave. Like, um, that is just so sad. And that's why, honestly, I tweeted out like two weeks ago. And it really makes sense today. Like, if you know a Rockets fan, just give them a hug. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, just be a good person. Like, maybe you haven't really filled your quota for good deeds, like, for this month or whatever. Maybe you, you came into 2021 and you're like, I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to, like, be more considerate. That's really like a solid first step that you can take. Like, just be nice to a Rockets fan. Like, if they're a dick to you, just be like, ah, you know what? They're dealing with a lot right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that is such shit. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on from that. As uh, Alfred Payton picks up an offensive foul and runs into <laughs> Garrison Matthews, he's the worst fucking player in the NBA. Where uh, I'm doing my Schwinn impression. Yeah. I I I can't. I like the guys. Oh, that was that was so terrible. This is and this is bad. I'm sorry. This is bad podcasting. We're oh, not about it. That was so terrible. I'm, I'm, I know you're. I'm just saying it because I know you're watching the game too. Like, I'm, I'm. I'm definitely. I definitely have an eye on it. We got 13 six right now. Uh, um. All right. We got. This was sorry. Video. You want to talk George Hill or? I was gonna go Trailblazers. I was gonna go. Um, so oh, the, Norm Powell. Yeah. 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 So the the Toronto Raptors traded a, a a player that's been playing really well this year, Norman Powell. He's gonna be a free agent to the Trailblazers for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Um, and again, like we were talking a little bit. I don't know if it, I, it's my memory is such shit. I don't know if this conversation made the pot or we talked about this before. But again, like the the magic. You, this is what you would have liked to have seen happen for Evan Fournier, right? Like the Magic yeah. receive a player that's playing well this season, right? Gary Trent shot the lights out. He's young from the bubble and he played well this year. And Rodney Hood is a decent player as well. So Toronto gets back a, a, a nice little package and the Portland Trailblazers keep adding to their core for what they hope can compete in the Western conference. Like this was one of those rare deals that I thought was pretty decent for both sides. 
Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have too much analysis for this one, but I thought it was a good deal. You know, clearly two front offices that are pretty competent um, and just swap some pretty good players for each other. What, what about you, Chip? I just, for the Blazers, it's like, okay, I guess Powell's an upgrade on the wing, but is wing scoring really what you need? That's fair. Um, he's a really good defender too, but uh, that that's definitely fair. It's not it. Here's the, here's the thing: if if the Nuggets make a move for Gordon, and that's clearly one of the big moves of the day, it, as a as a fan of the Trailblazers, you didn't really you didn't do much to assert yourself in the Western Conference kind of picture, right? I, I mean, I'm trying to think, and like I feel. Like, I know, obviously, Norm Powell is a significantly better player than JaVale McGee. But would JaVale McGee have helped the Blazers more than Norm Powell? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy because I just so feel like... Hmm? They got so many bigs. That's the only... I mean, I, I yeah, like... But none that... What, I know, but I just... They suck so bad on defense. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. It's it's not good, and and you can't count on Zach. It's it goes back to the Gary Harris thing with Denver. You can't count on Zach Collins to be there in the playoffs, and you can't count on Nurkic to be there either. Right. And Cantor sucks. Apparently, Nurkic is is coming back soon, but you're right. You can't really count on him. No. And McGee is solid, and he's a really good defender, and. He just would have he would have helped them. And Powell, look, I, I get it. He gives you scoring, and he gives you more than scoring too. He's a really good player, but I don't think the wing was where they needed help. They needed a big, and they've needed one for a while, I think. And I get it. I get I get that Norm Powell was an upgrade over Trent, but I think Trent was a good defender too. Yeah. So yeah, I get that Powell scores more, and you get a little bit more size with Powell too. I think he was – I'm not saying he was, like, objectively that much bigger than Gary Trent, but I do believe he's got a little bit more size to him. And he also – he shoots it at more – he's more accurate than Trent. But, shit, man, I don't know. It, I just feel like the Blazers could have done better. They could have. Then – I mean, I would have been interested to see uh, who else they were in the market for. Um, let's – how about this? Let's Let's take a look at – Technically, the only well, not technically, the only deal that <laughs> involved the New York Knicks. Uh. Uh, so, in a three-team trade, the Philadelphia 76ers acquired George Hill from the Thunder for Tony Bradley and two second-round picks. Uh, the Knicks trade Austin, Austin Rivers to OKC, along with Ignaz Brazdakis for Terrence Ferguson and a second-round pick from Philly. Uh this trade just seems like a, a bunch of like supplementary pieces that just traded places. I like George Hill. I know he, he has, um, he's got a reputation as, as being a really solid player. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you and say I've watched a lot of him this year. So I don't know how much he's going to add to Philly. Um, you know, the Knicks, I, I thought on some level, we're going to send Austin Rivers to a competitor that didn't. Terrence Ferguson, I Googled his stats for about five minutes today, saw that he's literally played in 13 games this year and hasn't really done much. 
Would so, you be shocked if Terrence Ferguson played a minute for us? Because I kind of would be. I'm not, I'm going to tell you, man, I think he will play. Uh, I don't think he's going to be – I could see I could see him I, – I couldn't see him getting into the rotation right away. That would piss me off a little bit if, if he was just because I think – and I've never been a big Kevin Knox guy, but I do think at this point Kevin Knox deserves to be getting some type of minutes – in this rotation, I don't think he's earned shit, Kevin Knox, but he like I, over just because Ferguson's traded there, he Knox should be getting minutes over Ferguson. If if Ferguson out competes him or something, he should get the minutes. Oh, I think if Ferguson out, out competes him, but but to me, but Ferguson has only played, I don't think he's he's done anything this year, and I'm not saying Knox has, but I I think. I just, I don't know, man. Listen, you know me. I was an OB guy. I'm still an OB guy. And um, I really hope to God that he turns things around. But I would rather see Kevin Knox on the floor than OB Toppin right now. That's that's just me. Um, I wouldn't be 100% shocked if Ferguson played for us. But we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be really interesting because Tibbs has really pushed this whole thing this year about um, earning your minutes and people are situational when they haven't played well. And Obi Toppin hasn't played well for a really long time. So, and I know he's our first round draft pick, but still um, there's got to be something that's done there at some point. But that trade was, was really just a, a much ado about nothing. I mean, it's just moving a guy who's a vet and should get some playing time, maybe somewhere else. And we get a young player and a second round pick for him. And um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I said, not, not much ado about nothing there. Um, what else did we have here? We also had the Clippers uh, trading Lou Williams and two second round picks to the Hawks for Rajan Rondo. Uh, eh, I mean, interesting deal. Uh, I, I do like the Lou Williams pickup for the Hawks. The Hawks clearly invested in a lot this summer. And since the coaching change, things have worked out really well for them. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see, you know, how that kind of happens. What, what happens with that? Rondo going to the Clippers is interesting. I don't think he's what they needed. I think they have a veteran presence. I think they have people who can organize them in the half court. Playoff Rondo is a thing, so maybe that'll help them. Uh, they, their, their issues are clearly in the postseason, so maybe that's something that can help. Um, I mean, that's what they're counting on. Yeah. Playoff Rondo. Yeah, which is a huge gamble, though. Right. Right? Like, I mean, he hasn't looked like – he, but he's done this before where he's looked like shit and then come back, and then he's been playoff Rondo. So, I mean, that's the risk you take, but – Look, Lou Williams is averaging what, like a career low in minutes or his lowest minute total since like he was a kid. And he's averaging like 12 points a game. So it's, you know, it's not like he was a huge contributor on this team. It, it makes it makes sense to try something different, I guess, if you're the Clippers, because it's not like you need Lou Williams' scoring. You're a dominant offense. <laughs> we saw what they did with us. They were just putting up an amazing amount of points. But Chip, I have to cut you off real quick because we have a huge surprise, <laughs> um, very, very special surprise for our trade deadline pod. 
Chip and I thought we were going to be doing this ourselves tonight, but we are very, very happy um, to be joined by the one and only Stephen Cameron, who is coming in right now, just loading up. Uh, but we should be having him in soon. Be very pumped to be talking magic with him tonight. Yes. We'll just have a couple more seconds here. And true, and truth be told, we wanted to have Steven on tonight uh, to discuss the majority of the deals that mm-hmm. came from the Magic. The Magic um, clearly dominated a lot of the headlines for this trade deadline. So uh, we were we were very happy to try and get Steven in tonight. Um, but but you know what, Chip? Honestly, man, like I do think I don't know if every trade deadline has worked this way, but it was just very interesting that that last day from essentially like 11 a.m. on, it just got really, really crazy, um, which happens. And, um, you know, so that I thought that was something that was very interesting. But yeah. we have our guy in here, Steven. What's going <laughs> on, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> very, very good. Um, we, were just, we were just talking about you singing the graces and uh, pumped to have you on tonight to discuss – Trade deadline. Uh, we did go over some of the deals thus far, and we obviously mentioned the three deals that the Magic were involved in. So we've got to get your take on everything. Gordon, Vucevic, Fournier, if there's anything you want to get off your chest, if there's praise you want to throw at the organization, the floor <laughs> is yours, my friend. Ah, sorry that I'm a latecomer to this uh, conversation. Please, I needed some time. Please. I knew I had to process. And uh, <laughs> also was like, man, I got to podcast my own show at some point, but that's going to happen later tonight. Um, man, wild day. I don't even know where to begin. Like at first I was just so annoyed and pissed um, because I like, I expected a, you know, I knew, I knew it was possible to have Vucevic traded, right? Um, and like, that was definitely a possibility, but from every, everything that I was picking up from the front office, it was like, it was going to take a massive haul. And to me, when I hear two first round picks and Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter, like that's not a massive haul. In my opinion, it's not right. I was expecting something a little bit more like what Drew Holiday got with, um, okay. A couple first round picks, you know, from three to two, that's fine maybe a couple pick swaps in there. Um, and I don't know, I'm just, maybe I'm just way off on Wendell Carter Jr., but he just doesn't do it for me. So I was like, okay, with him being the first to go, it was like the clear sign that this magic team is going into full rebuild and everyone is off the table where I think most magic fans, including myself really thought, okay, we're going to trade Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon probably try and get a competitive player to sort of fill that role now, but accept that this team's going to be bad the rest of the season, get a really good high draft pick, you know, try and draft like Jalen green or, or someone to help this team immediately next year. Um, and like retool and go right back to like trying to push for the playoffs next year. You move Vooch. You're not doing that. That's not what's going to happen. So full rebuild. <laughs> And that was a big mind shift for me because I was not, I wasn't quite ready for it. Um, trade's okay, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be pretty optimistic now. Um, you know, 
it, it seems like Wendell Carter, I, I don't know much about his tenure in, in Chicago, but it doesn't, it sounds like he's had some injuries, um, not consistent playing time, even when he's been healthy. So hopefully between him and Mo, they can just, you know, they can fill up the first and second unit center position and just eat up 20 plus minutes each every single night and just develop for the rest of the season. So we can really see what they have. Um, I don't expect the draft pick to be anything crazy, but I also, you know, what is, what is Chicago now? They're, they're 10th in the East at the moment. What at best were they seventh, eighth seed. So like at worst, this pick's going to be is like 16. So at best it could probably be like 12, somewhere in that range. I'm kind of guessing. Um, so this year's pick will be good. So who knows what they'll be in two years. I think like, I honestly think Chicago could be in a very similar situation that the magic were in this year in another year and a half. Like, so let's say they strike out this year and like, you know, get a first round exit or don't even make it past the play in. Right. And then um, next year they're better, but like, what if it's a first round exit, then you have Zach Levine, I think he's expiring next year. You have Nikola Vucevic, who's got a year and a half left on his contract. You sort of got to make a decision on, uh, are you resigning them? Or will they accept a resign? Um, do you, do they need to trade them now and go into a different direction? Like, I think they sort of, I don't think it's like they have a great window with them. So the 2023 pick could be fairly decent as well. So I don't know, I guess I'll start that off with there. That's sort of how I feel about the Vooch trade. <laughs> I'm accepting of it now. It was, I was a little annoyed in the beginning. I think, um, and I know Chip, Chip will talk more about this too, but we started with the Fournier deal when we had this conversation, we were both a little pissed, man. Like, and the way I started my kind of take on it was, I think if you're a Magic fan and a Knicks fan, you have a right to look at the Fournier deal and feel like, like, what? Like, what the hell? You know, like, just because, don't get me wrong, I get it. Um, you know, he's, he's an expiring, he's a free agent, but I just feel like, you know, Fournier is a really efficient scorer. Um, you know, as a guy that plays for Clifford, he's not going to be, be a complete sieve on defense, uh, or else he's not going to get playing time. And I just feel like two seconds for other teams to not be involved in that and to not potentially have better packages to offer was surprising to me. Um, and even the Knicks, like I was saying to Chip, to me, that's not too high of an asking price for me. But, you know, I, I brought up the point that, well, if the Magic wanted the Detroit second rounder, then maybe that would be something that I would say, well, listen, we're not going to give you that, but we'll give you two other seconds. Um, but I just, I left feeling like, ah, man, like that just didn't seem like when I saw Norman Powell, and listen, I understand Norman Powell is a better player than Evan Fournier. But when I saw Norman Powell get moved for a player who's playing well this season, now there weren't any picks in the, in the, um, the Blazer deal, but I just felt like the magic to me should have gotten a, a, a young player that maybe just needs a change of scenery, but, but has some potential there and picks or, or maybe something more, but that was just my kind of take on that one. Uh, my internet connection is unstable. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I okay, hear we got cool. you. We cool. got Sorry. you. Sorry. We got um, you. So, uh, yeah, you know, 
I kind of have a few theories. I don't know if any of my theories are right, but I'll tell you my guesses, right? Um, I think his salary is hard. I think his salary with him expiring and a free agent, I think all that combined, we were already getting probably pretty low offers in general, um, right? Where, um, so, so, so you have that already. I don't think we're getting like massive options. I think like maybe at best, like if like maybe the best off uh, option would have been like maybe a second round pick in like Carson Edwards or something like that. Like maybe, maybe we could have done something like that, but I, I really. I think we lost Steve chip. Do you hear me? No, I think we lost him for a second. Yeah. Offer. Steven, you still there? I don't know if he can hear us. We'll or going. or maybe they wanted to uh am i cutting in and out guys yeah yeah a little bit a oh, little okay. bit now, okay, there we go on. you're good now you're Let good now just like you close now. every tab known to man that might be taking up <laughs> that's space. the way it goes um so yeah i think you know where did i leave off let me just go off there basically you you, you were talking about carson the the deal that could have been with boston maybe including carson edwards but outside of that maybe not so much so I, I think that might have been the best possible option, um, like something along those lines. But I think once the magic kind of signaled to the league that there was a fire sale going on and they're trading Vooch, like that that trade was probably off the table. Um, maybe there was better options from like a Detroit, from a Knicks, but I have a feeling that the magic we're also probably trying to do Evan a solid and send them to a decent location. Like as a, Hey, you've been here for seven years and you've been pretty cool the whole time and like pretty drama free uh, and didn't request a trade. So uh, here, let's just, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll take a little bit less of a better deal and send you to the, to the Boston Celtics, maybe pure speculation, but it's possible. That's a good point. Yeah. It seemed like the magic, prioritize picks a la Sam Presti in these moves here. Like, does it, I kind of speculated on this earlier with Jeff, like, is it maybe like a a financial thing where they were just trying to get off these salaries? Obviously we know AG requested a trade, but with Vooch, I mean, they don't make a ton of money for their uh, talent. Fournier makes a little bit of money, but he was leaving anyway. You know, they, they, moved off Vooch for, as you kind of said, like not, they didn't get market value for him. Is it possible that maybe moving off of Vooch was financially motivated? You know, I think it was, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe not. They would have gotten on off enough salary with uh, Aaron Gordon, the Evan Fournier trade, because we got a $17 million player, uh, or trade exception back with the, with the Evan Fournier trade too. So that, that alone is, I mean, it's something, but you got to have space to put that, to use that with. Right. Um, and maybe they would have with Evan Fournier and uh, Aaron Gordon gone. Um, I don't know, man. I think part of it is just, that's just what you do with, with rebuilding teams at this point, you just create massive space, gather a ton of picks and, you know, give yourself space to either collect bad contracts for future deals. Um, Maybe it's to, I don't know, maybe they want to be able to ha- make a splashy move in a year or two. 
Um, if this, if this team shows enough decent promise with some of the young players to be able to send a couple out and absorb someone big back, I don't know. That's the question. What are they going to do with this cap space? They're not signing anyone, right? No, no free agent worth anything is going to sign with the magic this summer. So I don't know. It's going to have to be used in a trade or something. Um, or, you know, I mean, they don't have any long-term cap space issues right now. Um, you know the only player that's really coming up that they're going to have to pay is Mo Bamba, but like he hasn't really shown much to be a massive paycheck that I'm like worried about clogging up the cap sheet. So that's a good question. I have no idea what they're going to do. That's a great question. I don't know what the motive was with that. Maybe it's just what, I mean, like OKC sort of did similar things where they could take back a Al Horford in a deal to then, you know, and receive an asset that way. So maybe that's something that the Magic are thinking about doing. This front office has not given any indication on, like, how they would go about a rebuild. So I I don't know. They've been trying to compete for so long. That's what I was going to ask you, like, because it didn't seem like they were headed this way. Because I, I think it just felt like they wanted to continue competing and run this back with Isaac and Fultz full strength yep. next year and see how see how Vooch, Fultz, Isaac and Cole Anthony all looked together when they were full strength because obviously Isaac hasn't played with Cole Anthony yet or right and Fultz looked a lot better this year so oh, yeah he looked awesome at the beginning yeah. of the year so yeah. I, that's what I thought too that's why a lot of Magic fans were like all right cool they'll trade Aaron Gordon that frees up time for uh, Chumo Kiki and Jonathan Isaac next year, which is a solid power forward forward combo. Um, you know, maybe they'll trade Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier for, um, you know, a small forward, uh, that, that can kind of fill that two, three gap. And then they draft a shooting guard like Jalen green or something like that. Like that's, that's, you know, sort of what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, they did the opposite. <laughs> yeah surprising just really surprising but maybe genius if you're weltman because maybe you buy yourself some time in terms of job security well i don't know i mean they had they're going into the last year of contract next year it depends like you know i mean i'm assuming if they're doing this big of a fire sale they have like the ownership Ownership like you don't do this without it um but are they going to get a contract extension maybe 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 they're maybe the ownership's like giving them the okay like cool do what you need to do. We'll give you a two or three year extension to kind of see what you can do. Um, you know, I, I don't know if the deals they made today were the best deals they could have possibly gotten. Um, but they weren't necessarily bad deals, right? Like nothing hurt the magic. Like maybe we didn't get enough back for X amount of player, but it's not like we took back any like, crazy bad contract that's going to set us back we didn't set we don't have i mean we have a bunch of young players in Otto porter jr you know like i don't know much about Otto porter jr but he seems like an okay person like next to terrence ross so i don't think we have any like locker room cancers that we're gonna have to like deal with so i don't know guys it's i mean yeah what deal did you like the best for you guys do out of the assets that you got back um I think the picks are going to be better for the Vucevic deal, but out of the young players, I, I like RJ better than Wendell Carter jr. I just, I mean, I don't know. I was super high on RJ in the draft. Um, I think he, he was pretty high on my draft board. Um, 
Wendell Carter Jr. is just, I, I haven't, not a name I've been impressed with. Not someone I've overly watched a lot. Supposedly he's pretty good at defense, but it sounds like it's another big man with injury issues, um, you know, and that has underdeveloped in the three years he's been in the league. So I, I already have Mobamba. So that's why I'm just like, you know, was, was that really the best target we could have gone after? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I don't know if I have one I like the best to say. Um, you know, the, the Denver pick could be pretty decent in a couple of years. Um, you know, it's, a, it's 2025, which who knows if this front office will even be here for that. Yeah. Who but, knows I what mean, happens it's, with it's, Jokic and Murray. And it's only top five protected, so it could be a decent pick. But, I mean, you know, which deal did I like the best? I don't know. I don't know if I've processed them enough at <laughs> point. I, I think the deal that I'm going to like the best is the one that turns out the best. I think that's yeah. really what it is since, like, they're all pick incentives right. For the most part or develop player development incentives. Um, I'm higher on RJ than I am on Wendell Carter. Um, but the picks are probably going to be more impactful from the bulls, at least in the immediate future, as far as seeing how that plays out. So we'll see. I don't know. Steven, uh, you know, Chip and I, we didn't talk about this yet, but from my standpoint, I felt like the winners of the day were the nuggets, the bulls and, um, the heat to an extent for sure. Uh, was there any, anybody that you were particularly impressed with uh, from the deadline deals that they did to improve the team? You know, honestly, I, I, I think the Celtics, I mean, that's a pretty big come up for the Celtics. I think people are underappreciating what uh, Evan Fournier's get, what, what he can do for that team. He's a tough player. Um, he plays hard. He plays with energy. Um, you know, defensively, he's got his issues and occasionally has given up on that. But I think there's, players like Marcus smart and uh, that, that, that can like be really positive for him to, to keep him engaged. Um, but I mean, in, but trying hard and engagement is not like, for the most part, that's not an issue for him and he's a really good scorer. So I think the Celtics actually did really well and they gave up the least to get a guy like that. Right. Um, you know, no long-term if they can resign him, great. If not like no skin off their back, they lost two second round picks and a trade exception they had to use. So, um, you know, I think that's probably the safest one. Uh, Denver, obviously, I think did great, did great. You know, they're going to replace some of that scoring that they lost in Gary Harris, um, who wasn't really playing much anyways. Uh, they're going to replace a lot of that scoring with Aaron Gordon, who's a solid third, fourth option for that team. Um, defensively, he's going to be their best defender. And with a clear hierarchy of, like, offensive uh, pre preference like Aaron, which Orlando's never really had outside of Vooch, who should really be a number two, but we have him as the number one option. Like with him kind of knowing a little bit more what he is in that system, uh, like I think it's actually going to unlock a lot for him. That team's got pretty nice spacing too, so which is something he's never played with. So I'm really happy for him. I think that team did good. Um, who did Miami get? They got Oladipo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who'd they send out? I was in a work meeting during that. Uh, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and I believe a 2022 first round pick swap. Man, the oh. Rockets got fleeced for Harden. Yeah. All they got was a bunch of picks and no yep. players. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, that's cool. I'm not a big Oladipo fan. I think he's been pretty off and on, like, ever since his injury. Uh, I think he's massively overrated. So, um, and that's not just, like, a bitter Magic fan saying that. I, I was going to ask you about Oladipo nah, later. it's not. <laughs> he's, he's fine. But, I mean, like, he's made it so clear that he only wants to go to Miami or to, like, a super high-end contender, right? You've heard little issues about him on the court, like, asking other teams to trade for him when he was on the Pacers. Right. Um, he's kind of got a pretty big ego too. Oh, we lost Steven for a little bit again. Yeah, no, I mean, about the Oladipo thing, obviously the, the Knicks were in on him. Yeah, I just I'm, – I'm glad the Knicks didn't trade for him. Yeah. Right? I'm glad right. – I'm glad other teams that weren't contending didn't go waste their assets on him because mm-hmm. he was leaving this summer anyways. He should have only gone to a contender or only gone to Miami and he went to Miami. So that's great. You know, I think it's a win for them. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're trying to compete this year. He's going to make them better this year. So, um, you know, hopefully they can get him on a decent contract. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the bulls are going to be okay. I mean, they're going to be good, but I mean, you know, what's the standings? Are they going to be like that much better? Like what realistically they they're 10th right now. They still have the Pacers Celtics Celtics are going to be better. Um, I mean, they got a lot of really good teams in front of them. They're, you know, I guess technically, you know, the Hornets are going to drop down a little bit possibly with Lamella ball being out, but they're still a good team. You know, they're going to be in that race between the the eighth and the sixth seed probably, um, you know, so as the Celtics start to write their ship, because they're, they're not going to be at the bottom of the Eastern Conference for the rest of this I think year. At, so. least, at least that move is a sign to Levine that, you know, we're, I was saying this a little bit before, we're not going to waste your prime years. No. Like we're going to bring in a guy um, and, I, and a, you know, one of four guys in the league averaging 24 and 10. And uh, we're going to see what we can do with that. So I, you totally. know, it, it'll be interesting. And, and like I said, as a Nick fan, I'm, I'm definitely worried, you know, because I, I do think the, the Bulls will definitely be better. They're good. They're yeah. going to be fun. Like you said, the Celtics now with Fournier um, are going to be better too. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's the, the East uh, in that, you know, play-in tournament section certainly got – things got a little bit more interesting. I think you could say that. Yeah, and maybe I'm downplaying a little bit of the, of the Bulls just because I'm bitter about the trade a little bit. Um, but, I mean – they're going to be good. How good are they going to be? I don't know if they have much of a different ceiling than a fully healthy magic roster to just to say the least. So like, I'm kind of thinking about as Vucevic terms, like, is he going to be excited to be in another first round team? Mm. Maybe. I don't know. He's probably going to be just as excited to stay here in Orlando and try it again next year. If that's the same situation. Um, But for the bulls, like, dude, that's great. They got a top five center in the league, you know, all-star who's shooting 40% from three on high volume. And defensively isn't a, like a crazy rim protector, but definitely can be in the right position defensively and, uh, you know, not be a net negative on that end. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, it's definitely an improvement for their team, for sure. They lost Otto Porter, who wasn't really playing, I don't think. I think he's been dealing with injury. Or maybe maybe not. I don't remember. He barely ever played for right. them. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like they like lost ever that. played for them. <laughs> yeah. Wendell Carter is ob- obviously Vooch is a ten times replacement better than Wendell Carter. So like, yeah, Bulls did good today. I don't know what their ceiling is. I don't know if it's great, but it's definitely an improvement. So people in the lower end of the of the playoffs definitely have to worry. 
Another topic that I wanted us to kind of tackle tonight, and Chip, I want to start with you, is of the guys that didn't get traded, and certainly add add names to this list if I forget any, but between Kyle Lowry and Lonzo Ball, who are you more surprised that didn't get moved? Oh, it's got to be Lowry. I mean, it looked like he was basically like bowing and saying goodbye to the Toronto media last night and the fans and everything, you know. I mean, I thought for sure he was gone. You know, we saw Lakers, Heat, and Sixers, right? Those look like the the favorites. But, yeah, I'm surprised Lowry's still on the team. But I, I guess he'll probably sign somewhere in free agency. But, yeah, I for me, it's Lowry. I thought he'd end up with the Sixers. Once I saw Sixers and him, I, I figured they'd move heaven and earth to get him because Maury's probably desperate to get someone else in there. But, Apparently they were asking for a ton for him. I saw like two firsts wow. and Maxi, yeah, and Thibel, I think too. But at the Lakers thing, I mean, what do the Lakers have to get him? But I, I don't know. There was a bunch of reporting about Lowry. Like these, these teams didn't want to give up their young players, I guess, for a guy who may leave in free agency. And I don't blame them. Like the the Heat didn't want to give up Tyler Hero for a guy who may leave in free agency, which the Heat aren't a championship contender. So I even if they get Lowry, in my opinion, so I don't blame them. Yeah, uh, If I were the Lakers, if the Lakers are holding on to Thor- Horton Tucker, Thornton Tucker, whatever his fucking name is, for for Kyle Lowry, like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, you should trade that guy. Like, that's like, I, I don't buy that the Lakers were favorites for getting Kyle Lowry is my, is my point here. I, I think it was probably more between the Sixers and Heat. And I think the Heat and Sixers kind of balked at the asking price. And I think both of them will probably be favorites to sign him in the offseason. Maybe more so the Heat, because I think they have more cap space. But that's going to be very interesting, Lowry's free agency, as is Lonzo Balls. You just mentioned, I think a lot of teams are going to be very interested in him. Like we just talked about the Bulls at length. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to be even more interested in him now, now that they got Vooch. It's a really, really high passing team, by the way. Lonzo Ball, Vooch, they got they would have damn, they'd be a you just mentioned Steven, they'd be fun with Vooch and Levine. You add Lonzo to that team too. They're scoring a lot of points. Yeah. I'm not as surprised Lonzo didn't get moved because he was playing a lot better this like those last month or so. Um, I mean, he had a slow start in the beginning of the year with Bledsoe and all that, but um, you know, I was almost more expecting the, the the Pelicans to try and move off Bledsoe uh, because I think Lonzo played himself into, you know, a, a, a piece for them. But obviously, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I just – I didn't see why – what benefit it would be to, to move Lonzo at this point unless Lonzo is just truly unhappy um, because I thought he's a pretty good good fit for that team. Uh, I thought Bledsoe is the one they should move. Um yeah, but I'll have to agree with Chip. You know, Lowry, Kyle Lowry is like the name that I think is the the biggest surprise of not being moved. But I also agree with a lot of the points Chip was making too. Like, what are those contenders giving up for him? You know, Philly's right. But, you know, if, you know, I wouldn't give up Maxi, someone who's had a really nice performance when he's ready for, I mean, I guess I would. If it's Kyle Lowry, I would. Kyle Lowry is really good. Yeah. But, like I'm, I'm a little surprised that 76ers didn't do it, but I also don't know what the crazy asking prices were, but probably, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But you know, you also got to think like the Raptors love Kyle Lowry. 
and Kyle Lowry probably loves the Raptors. There's probably like some hidden agreement closed doors to where it's like, okay, if you don't find a deal you like, like I'll just play with you and we'll do a sign and trade in the off season. You know, Maybe, that that's, yeah. this, there's probably something like that. Cause he loves Toronto. So um, I, yeah, that's my guess. What yeah. do you think? And there was no way they were going to send him somewhere. He didn't want to go. No. So. Yeah. I I'm, so I'm with you guys on, on Lowry as well. And um I just I, I think the Lonzo Ball sweepstakes in the summer are going to be really interesting, man. I'm I'm very interested to see number one, how many contract offers he gets, what the Pelicans are willing to match. Um, you know, we we talked, Stephen, me and Chip, we were on. I forget whether whether it was a clubhouse or a, or a locker room talk, and we were talking about Lonzo Ball and and the idea of someone giving him four years, 80 million. And uh, there were some people in, in the group that were for um, that. The reaction, and, it was like we were given Ryan Anderson's right. uh, four years, think, 80 million. Really? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> like, think, uh, I think Lonzo Ball will definitely uh, get some type of deal, if not higher, you know, than that, um, you know, given how he's played this year and, and kind of like what his skill set brings to a team. But um, that, that was, you know, those two were very interesting. I was definitely surprised Lowry didn't get moved, but I think Stephen, something that you said, you know, really stuck out to me. It's very clear that whatever they were going to do with Kyle, they had a lot of communication with him about the entire process. Like everything for everything we heard, even on this day was like Lowry might get moved, but he wants an extension already in place before he gets moved. So whatever team is going to take him is already has a deal ready for him to sign when he gets there. So those, there were very specific terms about moving Lowry and Masai was clearly also, I'm not going to get lowballed. So he, yeah. he, he had a very strict market price for Kyle Lowry. And if he felt like that wasn't going to be met, he probably told Kyle straight up, listen, this is going to be your last year with Toronto. You know, we're, you're going to, you're going to, Tampa. you're going to, yeah, you're going to have a <laughs> ceremonious, ceremonious ending. You're going to get to say bye to the, the fans, you know, pen your letter in the players tribune, whatever it is. And we're going to have a great, that's going to be ending. such a sad letter to read. Oh, oh incredibly man. sad. Yeah. We're going to have a, we're going to have a great standing O for you, the final home home game. And then you get to go out and you get to pick whatever team you want to go to, or we do a sign and trade, whatever it is, right? Like that's clearly what's going to happen. Um, but uh, amidst that, you know, outside of the deals that happened, the deals that didn't now there's this very big buyout market. Right. And there's so many rumors that are kind of swirling around that as well. LaMarcus Aldridge is, is LaMarcus Aldridge and Andre Drummond are clearly the biggest names. I, I'm, I don't know, Chip, you might feel very differently about this than me. I know that the guys that we we very much respect when it comes to Nick's reporting have vehemently said they don't see the connection between Drummond and the Knicks, even though there's been a lot of reporting there. Um, Begley has said that some front office or people from other teams have said they don't see the fit because of what it would do to Julius Randle. Yeah. I, I continue to be very worried about Andre Drummond joining this team and the Knicks offering a multi-year deal to him. I just feel like Brock Aller was in the front office that brought him to the Cavs. 
Um, there's too much smoke that's going on right now. This could just be Nick's PTSD mm-hmm. uh, getting me right now. But I'm very like on a scale of one to ten, I'm I'm seven and a half worried that Andre German is going to be on our team by the end of next week, and he's going to be given a three to four year deal to be on this team long term. You know, to that you say, what do you say? Yeah, I'll be concerned about Andre Drummond signing with the Knicks until he signs somewhere else. Yeah, I absolutely will be. And it's not just about Andre Drummond. It's about how much I like Mitchell Robinson. You know, I I just want Andre Drummond to sign somewhere else. So, look, I do trust Leon Rose and Brock Aller, World Wide West, whoever, more than I've trusted, I think, any front office in Knicks history that I've been a fan so I trust them not to make this horrible decision. And I know there are some fans who are in the Drummond camp and who like the idea of bringing him in for the rest of the season. There's no way he's signing a one-year deal with the Knicks. I just don't see that. I think he'd want a multi-year deal. So, no, I, I don't like it because I just don't see why they would sign him unless they weren't sold on Mitch. Why else would you do it? If you, if another way to put it, if you believed in Mitch as your center of the future, why would you sign a a young center in the middle of his prime? Yeah. It would, that doesn't make any sense. Steven, what do you think about, uh, we always ask you about, um, you know, potential magic deals. What do you think about Andre Drummond? potentially to the Knicks and just the buyout market in general? Yeah, no, I mean, you guys, there's, there's a, the buyout market's going to be crazy. I mean, you guys have someone on your team alone that I think would be bought out and maybe Austin Rivers. Well, um, got included in the He trade. got moved. Oh, which, where, where did he go? So he went, so there was a three-team deal between the 76ers and the Thunder and the Knicks where the 76ers got George Hill, the Thunder get – Tony Bradley in like two second round picks and the Thunder also get Austin Rivers, Ignaz Brazdakis, and we got back Terrence Ferguson and a second round pick from Philly. Oh, cool. Okay. That's fine. Um, so, okay. Back to the buyout thing. Uh, sorry, dude, the trade market went so crazy today. And like, yeah. I started a new position at work this week. And so it's like same week doing a bunch of new stuff I haven't done before with a trade deadline and my team's the like craziest one at all. Like it was hard to keep yeah. focused. Um, but you know, trade buyout market. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess if a team's desperate for center help, like they could go after, uh, Drummond, but like, you know, he's an old school center that's good at rebounding. And I, I don't, I guess let's, let's put it this way. What team is Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge moving the needle for, right? Aldridge is pretty washed ish. Like, unless they're willing to just come in and take that like position that Dwight Howard did with the Lakers last year, where he's like, cool, I am no one on this team. I am just going to come here and grab rebounds and set hard screens for 15 minutes a night, then sure. Andre Drummond would be great on quite a few teams. Right. Um, I think uh, if for, for LaMarcus Aldridge, I mean, I don't watch the Spurs, but when was the last time he did anything like notable? So, I, you know, he's getting outplayed by who's the center they have. Uh, Portal. Portal? Yeah. He's getting outplayed yeah. by him. So it's like, 
I don't know what contenders he's really moving the needle for. They're going to end up on a team. Am I really worried, worried where they're going? No. Cause I don't know. Like Lamarcus Aldridge joins the, the heat. Is that changing much for the heat? It's a maybe talking it gets, point on the jump. Yeah. Maybe it, it gets him a, maybe it gets him a, if that, if that, I mean, maybe it gets him one more win in a playoff. And if it does, that's great. It's, it's worth yeah. it, but I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I was just because maybe he goes off in a playoff game for a quarter like Millsap did for the Nuggets. Yeah, he could he could do something like that. Yeah, because you know he is Lamarcus Aldridge. And, I mean, he's a good player, but yeah, he's not he's not the same. No, he, he's certainly not. And I feel like we talk about buyout candidates every year, and none yeah. of them ever do anything really. You know, there was Joe Johnson. I think was a buyout guy for Utah that one year, and he was awesome when when Utah signed him. But I can't really remember any buyout guys. There was one other guy that, um, man, who did the Warriors get? He was a former number one pick, the guy from Australia, a big. Oh, Bogut? Was he a buyout? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he was a buyout candidate. I think he played pretty well for them. But Well, yeah, he was really good for them. But uh, you're right. I mean, mostly these guys, you know, don't do much. But honestly, listen, Drummond would fit so much better, um, whether it's like the Lakers or or Brooklyn, especially Brooklyn, right, just because – Listen, Drummond's not even going to be improve them defensively, but at least he can rebound. But the the Nets have clearly don't care about rebounding um, because they they just play whatever brand of they small play ball. Jeff Green at center, right? They put <laughs> Jeff Green at center, so it's like you know he he would fill a need for them, and I I, I think he could add some depth for them. Um, I just it would it would really worry me if if we if we sign him to a long term deal. Um, there would have to be some real, real backstory stuff about Mitchell Robinson, like showing up late to practice, like not, you know, this, not that would have come out though. Yeah, you're right. And that's the thing. It hasn't come out. So like, ah, you know, I, uh, I'm still very worried about that, but, um, you know, the buyout market as a whole, I just, in my mind, I just figure the teams that are higher up in the standings are going to kind of just eat these players up um, and add them because they want to go, they're want, they're going to want to go to a place where they can win. Even a, you know, a guy like Kendrick Perkins, who I don't enjoy listening to, um, you know, had said basically today that Andre Drummond (laughs) has made about, you know, over a hundred million dollars in this league. You know, he's got, he should want to go someplace where he can win. Who knows if that's the case or not, but that, that should be the case with him. Yeah. He could potentially get a first round exit with the Knicks or, or a play in thing with the Knicks. If he wants long-term security and they're willing to give him to it, I could see the rationale for doing that, but for him to be, to have a long playoff run and the ability or the chance to join either the Nets or the Lakers, to me, that would hopefully be the priority for him, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be some action in the buyout market, and I'm excited to see where some of these guys go. I guess I didn't think about the Lakers as a potential um, as a potential destination for Drummond because, like, with with Andrew or uh, with a- 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 AD, like having all his issues, like they could definitely use probably some help in that department right there. So, um, yeah, yeah, I- I- I'm excited. When is the buyout? Uh, when's the buyout time? The oh, deadline. God. I don't have a clue. Yeah. There's so much. I got my second vaccine shot today as the deadline was going nice. on and all that shit. And I'm like looking at my phone in one hand and all this is going on. 
I was like, the nurse is coming around. Did you get your did you get your vaccine shot yet? I'm like, no. And she's I have to take off my shirt and I'm holding my cell phone in in one hand. It's just and all these people from my job are sitting around me. It was just a, a yeah, it was just a stressful day. Oh, yeah, for sure. I get that for yeah. sure. That is uh, that is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, well, listen, man, it was it was it was definitely a crazy day uh, as we started off this show. As Knicks fans, I do think, you know, there are some fans out there who are kind of saying, you know, relax or the Knicks didn't do anything bad. We've been kind of saying that for like three years now, like, oh, the Knicks didn't do anything bad. It's a win. The Knicks didn't do anything bad. It's a win. I think you're reasonable in your ways if you want to be a little upset that the Knicks didn't make a move for Fournier or, or even Lonzo um, to an extent, because I do th- think there is some inherent risk in letting someone just go to restricted free agency because another team could get him. Uh, Can I say the biggest win for today is that the Bulls didn't trade for Lonzo. That's the I, biggest I, win for I'm the Knicks. That. I'm with that, yeah. you know, from, from our point of view, for sure. Yeah. Um, but before we let our guy Steven go, uh, who has been very gracious with his time today. Chip, do you have anything uh, left for Steven? I wanted to ask, well, I did want to ask Steven about the old, about Victor Oladipo, but I think we got his answer on Oladipo earlier. So I wanted to ask you about, yes. Yeah, he's, he's motioning this, but get him out of here. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Fournier because I've been campaigning to get Fournier to the Knicks for a while since, I don't know, like 2016. And some Knicks fans were on board with me. Some weren't. Some were very happy to see him go to another team. So can you please explain to to the Knicks fans out there why he would have been a good fit for our team? Totally. Um, You know, Evan Fournier has been miscasted his entire career, right? I think we've sort of talked about this with a little bit earlier where most teams have a pretty legit number one option, right? Um, on the wing particularly where, or a really good complimentary option if you're, if you're, number one is a center that is also an all-star threat. Well, the Magic have never had that. So everyone is playing up a level than what they should. Nick Vucevic is playing as a number one when he really should be a number two, right? Um, Evan Fournier, uh, Aaron Gordon are playing as like number two, two Bs when they really should be number threes or number fours. Um, Evan Fournier going to a team where he can be the third or the fourth, fifth, shoot, maybe even six man, like that's a powerful guy that's going to bust his ass, shoot like 39% from three on high volume, Mm. makes tough shots, isn't afraid of the moment when he needs to, can handle the ball. So he's not a great defender, but, uh, you know, you put him in a system that can sort of, you know, hide his defensive inefficiencies and that's that's a good thing. Um, and, And he's a damn good teammate. You know, um, not many players, you, you never really heard players talk about Evan being a bad teammate. So, um, you know, and, and, and at least from the time in Orlando, he's been loyal. You know, he never asked for a trade out of all the ups and downs. He wasn't Aaron Gordon that asked for a trade, right? I don't necessarily mind that he did, uh, Aaron Gordon, but like Evan didn't, neither did Vooch, right? So at least that we know of, right? I, I Maybe there was something behind the curtain that we didn't see. Um <laughs> But, but, you know, 
I, I think any, I think Evan can fit into almost any system. He can be a catch and shoot guy. He can be a little bit of an on ball guy when you need him to, he's pretty diverse offensively. So um, he's not an explosive athlete. He's not going to lock anyone down super hard, um, but you know, defensively at least, but he's a good, he's a good player. And, and there's the next team that he signs with is, is going to benefit from it for sure. And I think, I think the, I think the world's going to see a different, I, I think the world's going to see how Evan can contribute to another team on the Celtics for the rest of this season too. And I'm happy he's going to get a chance to legit, like be on a good team and, and a, potentially be a title contender. Are they going to be t- I don't know if they will, but at least he can try better yeah, than cool. any shot than Orlando has ever given him. Yeah. So. I don't know about title contender, but yeah, that's what I, the role I wanted him on uh, in New York was six man. I thought he would have been awesome coming off the totally. bench for the Knicks and then maybe closing out games too. I thought he would be right there. Probably a little too soon for him and his career to accept a six man role on the Knicks. Um, I don't know if you guys have the player hierarchy to like really have him be happy in that role. Right. Um, just because like, who are your best scorers? Julius Randall and RJ. RJ. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I think Evan Fournier is probably right up there with RJ. You know, I don't know. I mean, unless he's really willing to buy in, he's only 28, 20, 27, 28, like, you know, putting up the best numbers of his career. I don't know if he's quite ready to accept sixth man on the Knicks. I think it'd be a lot easier for him to accept six man on the Clippers, you right. know, just throwing a, 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 a difference out there. Um, so, but maybe in free agency, maybe next year, especially if your roster continues to get balanced out and guys show good improvement. Yeah. I mean, I think his ultimate sweet spot is a six man for a team. So yeah. I just works. thought he would have been a great fit with Julius and RJ. Oh, That's totally. I wanted totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that fits to your point too, that they really did him a solid in, in sending him to a, a good team where that hierarchy is already set. Right. And he yeah. can, he can slot into a clear role and, and do what he does best. Totally. Um, but listen, man, Steven, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Chip and I are very pumped to talk trade deadline and hoops to do it with you as well. Um, so very much appreciative. And uh, you know, you know, uh, for sure, we'll have you back on the pod, you know, sometime in the near future not this year. I mean, I will, if you want me to, but we're going to be the worst team in the league. I don't know if there's much excitement to talk about. Right. So maybe, anyways, uh, maybe, maybe pre-draft or, or pre-free agency. RJ top Hampton? shot, top shot, top I'm, I'm shot. A, I'm, I'm a top shotter. So All right. uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk soon. I, you guys know I'm always down. You know, yeah. I'm always down. So thanks guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. And um, you know, for everybody else listening, we hope you guys are staying safe. We will talk to you soon.